0: I think it's important for us to recognize that God desires to be involved and present in our planning in advance and in the moment. But here's the catch. If you don't do one, you usually don't get the other.
1: Welcome back to the Southish Worship Leaders podcast. If you notice that the audio in this intro sounds a little bit different, it's because it's being recorded from the comfort of my own kitchen table. Uh, We are currently in the middle of a stay at home work order and so while I would generally have access to all of my mics, they're currently uh, in the studio at the moment and um, so I'm making do with what I have. I was not prepared to be working from home for a couple weeks. And speaking of horrible segues, that's exactly what we're talking about. Today's episode is all about preparation. Tom and I sat down And we chatted about um, everything from recurring stress dreams all the way to Taylor Swift and a whole lot in between. And so I hope whether you are the type of person to come over prepared or under prepared that each of us can take something out of this episode and hopefully be challenged in a good way. Here we go. Okay. Well, today we're calling this episode preparation. We want to talk about um, the idea of what it means to come prepared. Um, some there's weeks where we're asking a lot of worship leaders to come prepared, memorized, or um, you know, just spending time um, prepared to do a lot of things, from spiritual component to really practical stuff and the nitty gritty. Um, so I just love to take some time today to just talk about um, how we would like to be able to think about that, um, not just how we'd like to think about it, but what will inevitably lead to us becoming better leaders because of the degree to which um we we prepare properly. But I really just wanted to start off I feel like you like any worship leader or anyone who's a public speaker probably has a million stories from when they were just starting out about like not coming prepared and how that went. Um seeing as out of the two of us you have like double my experience. I assume that means you have I, double the amount of stories.
0: I think you're calling me old. No, 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 no. I wasn't saying that. It's okay. I am yeah, I mean, uh, I have lots of experiences and stories. Uh, I mean, uh, being unprepared, I don't know if other people experience this, but like I, to this day, 25 years into a career of of worship leading, I, I, I mean, I have, it's my most common recurring stress dream, is that I i had one, honestly, just a couple weeks ago where, you know, in my dream I, I wake up and the service is about to begin in like, a minute, right. and I haven't even picked the songs yet, and I yeah. don't have a band, and I'm scrambling around, and the computer's not working, and the printer's not working, and yep. like, and I used to have those dreams years ago. I mean, when I was just starting out, I would have those dreams so regularly, and I would wake up in a panic in the middle of the night, and it would be like Wednesday. Right. And I would so wake up sure that I was late for church on Sunday and hadn't picked the songs yet. Yeah. So the the stress of feeling underprepared is definitely something that uh, I live with, at least at a very subconscious level. Yeah. But I've definitely, over the course of my life, uh, lived those dreams, unfortunately, more like nightmares. Living nightmares. Um, you know, my my very first time being asked to lead worship in any way, shape, or form. Actually, I was, I was leading, I was, uh, Chris Fowler was actually leading worship at a youth event and I had been invited along to play a second guitar and beforehand, uh, this is not maybe a great example of preparation, but right before he'd said, Hey, would you lead this one song and maybe say something beforehand? And, uh, and I was like, yeah, sure. No problem. And I, I was in a band outside of church stuff and I, I thought, Oh, I don't mind talking or whatever in front of people. And so I kind of didn't really think much of it, which is kind of the opposite of preparation. Right. And I remember when he, we got to the end of the song right beforehand and he looked over at me and I looked out at the crowd and I had nothing to say. And I remember being humiliated by that. And I probably flubbed my way through some kind of like, hey, as we sing this next song, Mm -hmm. let's really focus on the words. type, Kind of some kind of cheat. But it actually was profound internally for me, Mm -hmm. Uh, not just at the level of realizing the importance of preparation, but realizing that I was here to do something and Mm -hmm. there was nothing under the hood for me. Um, It wasn't just that I hadn't prepared to lead this song. I was unprepared as a person to be in a position of leadership. I had nothing to say. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that definitely would have been a profound experience for me in my, in my journey of, of feeling underprepared. But beyond that, like I remember early on when I, did start getting into leading worship more regularly as a younger kid or early adult. I I definitely was plagued by some of those typical sloppy Mm -hmm. showing up late to practice. Even when I'm the leader forgot to print off the songs or they're in the wrong key or right. You know, even sometimes choosing songs at the last minute. And I definitely felt the cost at that time and, and, and was um, graciously by some of the older and wiser leaders around confronted and had my butt kicked a little bit about <laughs> the, the poor quality of leadership I was providing because of the lack of preparation. Right. So even though it's not necessarily my natural um, personality to be overprepared, I'm not mm-hmm. a boy scout, you know, who's always, you know, always be prepared. Um, I'm more intuitive and more you know, mm-hmm. uh, more of a, uh, improviser in my life, my personality, I've come to realize the importance of preparation. I think it's absolutely essential. It's the difference maker, not talent, not charisma. Preparation is the difference maker in, Mm -hmm. in all aspects of life between okay or even good and great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think probably the, maybe one of the, one of the great, um, examples of someone who's spoken into that in recent years is Malcolm Gladwell in his, he talks about the 10,000 hours of preparation. That is the difference between amateurs and kind of the maestros of our world. They, if you haven't heard anything about that, he basically did this study um, and realized that the people who are actually at the top of a lot of world-class disciplines, if you go back, you'll find that they weren't actually the most talented or naturally born intelligent. It's actually often the people who struggle the most and had to put more work in. And those who put, what he calls 10,000 hours, those who put the time in, mm-hmm. they tend to leapfrog yeah. over the smart and the talented.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We were talking just before we we hit record about like the common occurrence where someone might come up to you and, uh, you know, it's probably even happened on a Sunday before where someone comes up to you and they're just like, wow, it must be so nice to just be able to pick up your guitar and play any song you want to.
0: Yeah, just like that.
1: Just like that. And I mean, what, what people don't see is the 10,000 hours, even before we even get into like picking the songs for the week and then re- band rehearsal, like the actual um, process of picking up and learning an instrument or any craft that that is just as much preparation as it is, you know, talent or skill.
0: Absolutely. And I think it's important for us to recognize that preparation. We, we should talk today about preparation, both in the micro, uh, you know, what I do today to be yeah. ready for tomorrow. yeah what I'm going to do this week to be ready for Sunday. But also in the macro sense of it's not just, it's not, not just no small ways. It's in the larger who, who I'm becoming and what I'm doing with my time, how I'm nurturing the gifts I've been given mm-hmm. um, to be prepared in a much larger sense.
1: Totally. Yeah. No, let's, let's definitely get into that before we move on. I was just, as you were talking, I I don't have like one specific instance of when I showed up unprepared only because there's like so many of them like <laughs> I just can't choose but I feel like when I started leading the, the most common evidence of this was whenever I had to talk in between songs or pray yeah, yeah. like I can't tell you how many prayers I started out not knowing how I was going to finish and then you're just kind of left saying more words hoping that you mm. find your way to amen eventually <laughs> and it happens but it sometimes takes a while to get there
0: It happens to all of us and we sometimes joke and call it either someone's just doing their own morning devotions in their (laughs) onstage prayer or we used to joke and talk about going on preaching safari where we're just going to go all kinds of, we're going to cover all kinds of ground here. We don't know where we're going. If you say everything, you'll hit it eventually. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is, that is accurate. One of the things that I'd love to talk about um, with our time right now is specifically the idea of being present. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that some of the best leaders I know, and this is beyond like, you know, a band leader, this like, just some of the best leaders I know are also some of the most present people I know. Like, I think what makes someone even a really good and strong communicator isn't their ability to memorize a script or um, even to deliver information in a compelling concise way like it's actually their ability to no matter how you're taking in the the content whether it's like in the room or whether it's online that you actually feel like they're being present with you um and so that is something that i often try and coach people into the idea that like what we're trying to do on sunday is actually be present with people and so kind of the the formula or the the uh, paradigm that I've used in the past is to talk about preparation first. Um, basically, I want people to not be thinking when they're on stage, because when we think we make mistakes, we second guess, we we um, we second guess judgments that we know to be true, but we're in the moment and we're nervous and we're scrambling. And so, so now we're backpedaling or choosing to say something else. Um, and so the idea that the more we can prepare on the front end, um, whether it's to do with like musical arrangements, whether it's uh, to do with words that we're going to be saying in front of people, the more prepared we can be, the more confident we'll feel because the more prepared you are, you're no longer getting up on stage unsure of where your prayer might end because you know it, where, where it's supposed to end um, because you've already prepared. Um, and so that leads to a level of confidence that, that you can walk into that with. And then that confidence ends up translating uh, into presence because we don't just want want confident leaders. Um, we want we want people who are able to actually be responsive and involved in you know something that's a little more dialogical rather than presentational um, in the moment.
0: Absolutely, I love that point, and I I think we've all experienced probably we've all been the the worship leader who's because you're underprepared, mm-hmm. you are way too married to your chord chart, right? Yeah, um, or way too in your head about you know what's this next transition going to be or or, you know do i remember Mm -hmm. how we go to the bridge and because because of being underprepared you're you're actually just in your head or in your own little space yeah and you're not present to the people and as as someone in the congregation you feel that oh totally you feel like you're worshiping near somebody yep but not with them Right. right right yeah probably one of
1: the bigger criticisms Or pushback, let's say that I've received in the past when I talk about the idea of being coming super prepared, um, is that people often um, talk about the question or the pushback that that often gets raised is well, how can you be sensitive to the spirit? Yeah, right. As the age-old debate about spontaneity and the spirit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, well, what if we want to be spontaneous and if we are so prepared? You know, if we have our cue sheet and all of our stuff thought out in advance, well, then how
0: can we actually be spontaneous? Where's
1: the room for God in all of that? So I'm going to ask you the rhetorical question. Is
0: it an either or? Yes, it is. And I'm here to tell you once (laughs) and for all the answer to the question. No, I mean, of course, it's both. And I think that we need to recognize that um, at no point are we trying to suggest that we can we can put God in a box and we can make a we can map out a plan and then execute the plan. And mm. never vary from it or never be open to what God might want to do in the moment or even, you know, not even just to blame God for, you know, our unpreparedness. Sometimes just in the moment you sense in community, like something has happened yeah. and we need to modify the plan. Um, I, I think it's important for us to recognize that God desires to be involved and present in our planning in advance yeah, and in the moment. But here's the catch. If you don't do one, you usually don't get the other. I mm-hmm. don't think the way I don't think the way God generally is gonna work is that if we put a half-hearted, lazy, unprepared, didn't really put the time in mm-hmm. attitude towards what we do when we gather, mm-hmm. that God's like, ah, don't worry, I got it. Um, I I think again, not that God like, plays games with us, mm-hmm. but I think when we seek God and are prayerful and when we make room for God in our planning Mm -hmm. and then we come prepared. That actually gives us the ability to be agile in the moment because we're not starting from no space and expecting God to fill it. We're actually starting from a place where we have a spirit filled God led plan that then, because we're in that zone of comfort Mm -hmm. and presence, God can in those moments begin to tweak things where, 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 Obviously, God feels that's necessary and, and we can we're, we're prepared enough to be agile to respond to those things. yeah, but I, I don't think I don't think it can be one or the other. I think it has to be both. Yeah.
1: I'm just thinking about um, a comment you said a, a couple minutes ago about being able to respond to what's going on in the room. I'm just thinking uh, even a couple weeks ago in Welland, yeah. Um can you can you talk about how that went during Just our lament spiritual
0: practice we were we were guiding people through a pretty heavy lament practice and uh I I ended up being the person who was leading it and in the moment what I was there I mean there are some things you can't prepare for and what I what I couldn't prepare for was the fact that some of the very words I was speaking in this script that we had Hopefully, made room for God in the planning. We're speaking very directly to an experience that a, a woman in our community had, had, that involved the death of a parent, uh, in it, who was in another country, and the level of grief that they were in in that moment. And we were actually making space for grief, and and uh, f- for whether it's personality or cultural reasons, I mean, th- this grief was being expressed very vocally, mm-hmm. very. Um, I would say disruptively, except for the fact that we were actually making space for that. It was actually perfectly beautiful mm-hmm. and totally appropriate, mm-hmm. um, but it, it kind of took over the room. Yeah. Which actually, in and of itself, was a beautiful thing because for anyone who wasn't in that headspace, you couldn't help but feel her grief. Yeah, yeah. Even though we didn't know what was going on, we were led by her and by God in that moment mm-hmm. to, what, what Roman says, to grieve with those who grieve. That's right and at but as a leader like i've got my script and i'm i've got my time codes yep. and i'm w- w- you know You're watching the of, clock on the back i'm going through what i got to go through and suddenly this is happening and now something's happening that i didn't plan for and right. couldn't have planned for right. but because i knew what we were trying to do yeah. because preparation isn't about a perfect execution or presentation of our content mm-hmm. it was actually about the delivery of an experience well now this experience is unfolding in front of us all mm-hmm. And I can actually be a little bit looser with the script because less is actually required from me. Yeah. And so in that moment, the ability to be agile, the ability to just like throw the plan out in a sense and allow what God is doing in that moment to happen. It was possible because of the preparation and because, um, because I knew where that was meant, what that was meant to be in that moment. And instead of this being a disruption to the plan, it was actually an opportunity mm-hmm. to find another way to get to where God was taking us anyway.
1: An opportunity and a responsibility. Cause yeah. like pastorally to ignore something like that would be inappropriate, like insensitive, right? right? Like, yeah. um, like if you had only read that script once or twice before actually leading people through that, like you would have been unable to actually facilitate that moment, mm-hmm. um, for the entire room. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like that's exactly the type of moment we're talking about. It's like being so prepared um, and so confident in in what the goal is, what we're trying to do, um, that you can actually be present to the room and not just like, it's not even about knowing what we're trying to say, it's about knowing what we're trying to do um, mm-hmm. and, and being able to facilitate that moment.
0: So when it comes to what we prepare as worship leaders, obviously the music is a big part of that. Justin, what from your perspective as the worship pastor at Southridge, what are what's, what are we looking for when it comes to musical preparation for our bands and for our band leaders? Mhm. Yeah, I mean, well, to start off, like it's it's
1: worth acknowledging that across all three of our locations and then with four bands essentially in each location, like I think right now we have around 70 different musicians um, in total, which is incredible. But within that 70, like we have a diverse, um, you know, skill level, capability level, uh, which is amazing. Um, It's awesome that we can have people join at at all different points of their um, abilities. Um, But so I'll start off by saying, like, we're not looking for like one bar for everyone to hit. This is definitely an idea um that's really important to me and i try and coach my bands into valuing it as well for a couple reasons um and the first is this idea of rehearsing versus practicing mm-hmm. um which was uh i remember the point in time where i where i learned it um growing up when i first joined uh, the worship team at my church like it was it was you got handed a chord sheet this was like before the days, like before Planning Center, like I didn't get like MP3s or CDs sent out to me to rehearse. It was like, here are the chords and you just kind of show up and you play along to whoever's leading. And, um, and it was like a pretty low expectation. It was like, if you can strum a guitar, that's awesome. Um, if you know these chords, that's great. Um, but... But kind of the way that we generally operate is a lot of thought has actually gone into the types of like arrangements and tone and feel of the songs that we're doing. Um, whether it's like from a content level in terms of like the lyrics um, of specific arrangements and how they're ordered or whether it's like, hey, this is like a morning where it's going to be super upbeat and celebratory. And so we've chosen these specific like um artists who have done this song and that's why we're doing that arrangement. Um and so like because so much thought has gone into that, what is helpful is when people come already being familiar with what we're trying to do. So if you're an electric guitarist and you're showing up and it's like news to you that the intro of the song is like this guitar riff, like that's not helpful when we're trying to run a rehearsal. Um, and so to differentiate between practicing and rehearse, rehearsing, like practicing is essentially just that's the work you do prior to Wednesday night or Tuesday night or Monday night, whenever whenever the band practices. Um, we're not learning parts in the middle of a rehearsal. At that point, you should already have put in some time and thought and preparation before actually getting uh, getting to the church and unpacking your stuff, and you know um, actually have something ready to go to contribute. Because the other people have also done the same thing. So the idea is, is not that we're going to stumble our way through an arrangement on a Wednesday night and see if we can make it sound good. It's more of like, let's all do our best to prepare according to what's like what's set out for us. Knowing that uh, the other members of the band are doing the same thing. So when we bring it together, like we already have an idea of what it should sound like.
0: Right so you're saying that practicing is what I do at home by myself to so that I'm ready right for the rehearsal yeah. I have all my parts ready to go and the rehearsal is us bringing our prepared practiced parts mm-hmm. and putting them together right yeah because i mean in rehearsal
1: like yeah. i i we can spend an extra 10 15 minutes you know figuring out a riff that someone could have learned at home or we could already have that good to go and we could practice the transition between two songs and get that feeling really good and solid. Like, it's like the more prepared we come, the deeper we can actually go. Cause then we can also go. um, I I, I know sometimes the pushback that I've received over the years to this kind of idea would be like, well, you know, I don't always want to do it just like the recording. I want it. I want to have like a little bit of our personality in it. And I'm like, great, but let's like use that as a starting point. Like the arrangement we've been given, let's all come prepared so that when we get there, and if we're putting it together, and it feels like, oh, it'd be great if it could be a little more creative or a little more like this. Well, now we're not well, starting you've come from scratch.
0: Prepared with some ideas that you can add. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think our this obviously podcast is for our worship leaders. Um, I think most of our worship leaders get this. I think the challenge is how do we make sure that our band members get this? Mm-hmm. Um, do you have tips on how to do that as a band leader or uh, kind, the ways that you might have a conversation if we've got a chronic, mm-hmm. unprepared person who shows up at, at rehearsal saying, I haven't listened to the songs yet?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing that pops into my mind is just over communication. Like, um, uh, you know, at a planning level, we're trying our best to to work far enough ahead that we have the opportunity to have the songs out potentially two, three, maybe even four weeks in advance, which helps solve this problem a lot. Um, but then as a leader, to be able to communicate in advance to my band members, like especially if there's if there's one song that's really piano-driven, like, um, you know, there's a prominent keys intro and maybe there's like a drum part that's really integral to the feel of the song. Like I'm actually going and I'm emailing that specific person saying, hey, just so you know, I really like this keys intro. Can you can you be prepared? So some of it's like even just highlighting that, you know, helping band members know that like the expectation is that you're coming, learning the specifics of not 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 just what's there, but now what I'm asking you. Um, so I think the more that we can communicate with our bands in advance, um, I I think that can only serve uh, to solve this if it's if it is a problem.
0: Totally. I mean, the one musical preparation comment I would make specifically to the worship leaders in our group um, is I think sometimes, sometimes we rehearse the wrong things or mm-hmm. we spend a lot of time rehearsing uh, the wrong things and not enough rehearsing the right things. And even as a simple example of that, it would be like we spend a lot of time making sure we know how the song goes mm-hmm. from start to finish, which is great and that's important. But we don't actually invest thought, preparation, even practice, and mm-hmm. then rehearsal time in rehearsing the transitions right. between songs. Yeah, you don't even think about that. You just think, "Oh, I'll, we'll, we'll learn how to do each of the songs." Yep. Whereas, a, where a lot of like, a lot can be gained or lost at those moments of transition. Yeah knowing who how the song's ending knowing who's starting the next song and sometimes like i had this experience just this past week where we're ending the song and the the keys player is going to start the next song but they have to change sounds yeah so now we have to think through okay how are we making space yeah for the keyboards to have a few seconds to change sounds and so are we are we going to like wash out the song a little bit longer yeah while they make that change and Putting some energy into actually thinking through things like that; th- mm-hmm. those often are the things we don't even think to prepare. Yeah, but they're actually incredibly important.
1: Yeah, yeah that that's a great that that's a great comment. It reminds me of uh, um, there's this guy. His name's Tom Jackson. Uh, this is a bit of an aside, but I promise it's relevant. Uh, he is a he's like a. A performance coach uh, from Nashville and he works with like Taylor Swift and a bunch of like pop pop artists but I went into a YouTube rabbit hole once of just like watching his content and he was talking about how um, the biggest mistake bands can make when they're putting together a set is to think that it's about the songs you're you're choosing he's like no one is well in in this context he was actually um, coaching an artist who was putting together a showcase you know that they would play before a label Um, to see if they would get picked up or not and the band was all wanting they really were caring about the songs they were choosing and he was like no one is going to remember the lyrics to the songs that you're singing your job isn't as a performing artist um, it isn't isn't just about choosing the right songs and performing them your job is to create moments people don't remember songs they remember moments you know whether it's a sweet transition or whether it's like the moment where the whole band comes to the front of the stage and they're singing the last chorus a cappella, like those are the things that people remember. Now, obviously, we're not performing in the same way, um, but, but I think that the same thing still applies. Like at a certain level, like people aren't necessarily gonna remember whether you hit a wrong note in the middle of bridge two or not, mm-hmm. but paying attention to a moment and how it feels, or um, trying to avoid disruptions of a certain moment. And eliminating that distraction I think just create better experience overall Um, and that's the type of stuff that we should be practicing or that we should be rehearsing. Just on a practical note, one of the things that I've actually found really helpful and that I've started coaching my bands through uh, in Vineland is um, the importance of listening. Mm -hmm. Um, The biggest mistake I made early on was especially when I received a new song I'd immediately try and learn it. Like I'd go right to like um, woodshedding riffs and like, um, and it would take me forever to get a new song and like feeling confident. Um, And it wasn't until I actually spent an equal amount of time listening to the songs in advance that all of a sudden, like if I spent an hour throughout the course of a week, so not even a ton of time, but if I listened to a song five times before I actually sat down and tried to play it, all of a sudden I felt like I had the, I I had it internalized in my head and it was way easier to move, you know, from zero to 60 in terms of like, actually, um, I wasn't simultaneously trying to learn a song and my parts at the same time.
0: Yeah. It's way harder to learn something that remains external to you. I don't know if that language makes sense. No, that makes sense. If, if this is just some piece that's out there that I'm trying to learn. Whereas if you first internalize it and the song's kind of in you, you're humming it, You can sing it when it's not Mm -hmm. uh on when it's internalized it's so much easier to learn i i would actually say that for me personally i i i probably do more listening than learning yep uh it would be more of the time of my preparation is just getting into a song and getting to feel it
1: that brings us to the next point which is spiritual preparation um as you as you were talking um you know about what's external versus internal like i was even thinking about you know even the even thinking about the themes that run through a service like you know the scriptures that are often in in planning center for our calls to worship like in in my own personal devotions like it's it's important uh to be able to try and begin to internalize those types of things as well before i even start thinking about well, how what am i going to say like do I actually understand it? Do I feel it? Am I being led by the content um, that's
0: before me or am I just thinking about how I'm going to deliver it immediately? Right. Absolutely. I think we deal with a lot of that. And I, I, I think it's really, it ends up feeling really ineffective, almost like mm-hmm. we, have, we have worship leaders who are like delivering lines yeah. that, they, that aren't true to them. Uh, that's why we, we use a lot of times around here the language of internalization and personalization. Um, but I, I love the way you said that. Like I, I think one of the things that I would encourage, first of all, all of us hopefully listened to the Worship Goals podcast that we did a couple Mm -hmm. of months ago. And I think that's a good one to go back to in terms of thinking, as I'm preparing spiritually, like, am I in tune personally Mm -hmm. with the goal of what this worship time is meant to be? But then at the specifics of the songs and the prayers and the comments and the scriptures, if I'm leading songs... Do I really know what they say? Yeah. Have I taken the time to pray through them? Yeah. To read through them, to to consider what they actually mean in my relationship with God. Like we're not just picking hits with generic lyrics. Mm-hmm. If if I'm leading the song off the top of my head, if I'm leading the song Brother mm-hmm. um, by the Brilliance, this is a song that talks about looking into the eyes of my enemy and seeing a brother. Like, have I taken the time prayerfully even to consider who are the people in my life mm-hmm. that I'm experiencing friction or conflict yeah. or even violent opposition with? Yeah. And what would am I doing the the spiritual work to say, no, 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 that person is my sibling. They are mm-hmm. a child of God and I need to look on them with love. Yeah. And I need to feel what that feels like. And I need to do that hard work so that when I'm leading the song, maybe that person's even in my mind yeah. and it, it it will actually have some, it'll, it will definitely translate into some authenticity in me. Yeah. It'll also help me when I'm making worship leader comments mm-hmm. that I'm not just reciting a script. I've done this. I've done my homework on this. Yeah. I've lived this yeah. and I'm inviting you into something that I'm doing myself. Mm. That, that is the kind of preparation that I think we probably, again, we, we, we sometimes spend too much time preparing the wrong things. Yeah. That's the kind of spiritual preparation that I would be hoping we could achieve. Now, I'm not saying we need to do like a deep dive on every single line of every single song that we sing. I mean, we, but I would say, generally speaking, whether we're learning a new song or whether we know that this is the kind of the key song of the morning Mm -hmm. with the worship goal, I would love for us to be doing that kind of spiritual preparation.
1: If our goal for a specific morning is to is to convince people of how much God loves them like do you as a leader understand how much that is true of you as well and can you lead from that place and not just feel like a puppet um trying to read someone else's words probably the third thing that we wanted to focus on in terms of you know what we're asking people to prepare is any time that we're asking them to speak whether it's worship leader comments whether it's praying whether it's reading a scripture um you know I even often get uh, some of our leaders saying to me like i'm comfortable leading songs but just don't ask me to speak like there's yeah. there's like that next level of like i have i have an idea in my head of how to lead a band and lead a song and i can sing it and, and you know do a good job of that but if you ask me to speak but the like, talking thing yeah
0: is, jerry seinfeld has this bit where he says that the number one the number one fear in people is public speaking mm. number two is death Which he says, that means that at a funeral, you'd rather be the guy in the casket than the one delivering the eulogy. That's a great thing. And and I think that a lot of us could probably chuckle and relate to that. Like I know that none of us see ourselves as big orators, and and maybe we didn't get into this because we love public speaking. Maybe some of us are great at it. Um, But it is one of the responsibilities. Whether you're just doing a, a simple welcome, whether you're doing a call to worship, whether you're making transition leader comments between songs, whether you're praying... Uh, one of the roles we play is we open up our mouths and we say things and we say things to a congregation. We say things even in prayer on behalf of a congregation. And again, like we've been talking about preparation is the gift you give yourself so that you don't a, end up feeling like an idiot or babbling or going on and on and feeling incoherent, but more importantly, so that you can actually tune in and and process and think about and pray about what will actually be helpful for people mm-hmm. You know, not just memorizing the script, but thinking, what are people, you know, people are coming into our gatherings with all kinds of different experiences as as I'm gonna make these comments. I wanna be relatable. I wanna be a human who has experienced this stuff and and sees you and cares about you and knows about you and invites you into something that I know about, that I care about. And so uh spending time preparing those things, um we could probably give a million. Tr- tips and tricks. Th- this and, could be its own episode. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know because I've, I've been in meetings even with some of our staff who host where we've talked about this. Like a guy like Mike Krause who's probably one of the best single, you know, I, I don't want to, we just talked about how it's not just easy to do that. I mean, he's put in his 10,000 hours probably 10,000 times on public speaking, but this guy is so naturally gifted as well. And yet every single time he preaches, you know, people marvel at how can you stand up there and for 30 minutes or whatever and w- without any notes. Well, he he spends hours and hours crafting and writing these talks and then he reads through them out loud again and again several times and then goes through it without notes several times again and again and it's preparation 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 i would say that if you particularly struggle with this um write out exactly what you're going to say and if we've written something out for you you can personalize it put it in your words not just our Mm -hmm. words And then say it out loud multiple times, if possible, to somebody, because that actually will help you in your preparation, or at
1: least in a mirror.
0: At least in a mirror. Do it with your notes several times, then try without notes several times, and then put your notes away. and On uh, on your Wednesday night or on Sunday morning, do it from the stage out loud. Yeah. Like embrace the awkwardness in those moments, as awkward as it is. Yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise, the awkwardness is going to be in the moment during the service. Yeah. And that kind of preparation is invaluable.
1: I think is it's really easy to look at the people who are good at it and assume that they're not doing that that prep work, right? To assume mm-hmm. that the Mike Krause is just like, you know, winging those sermons off without yeah. putting the work in. But like the truth is like part of the reason that some of our, you know, the around here the communicators who are that good like um, – you know it's cuz they're actually doing that that prep work like even this past year being being online you know knowing that like um those of us who had cameras and were, were filming ourselves and sending sending footage to Mike Naundorf to all edit together like knowing that when Jeff Lockyer sends hosting like he's sending two or three takes like even at that level of like it's important to be prepared and do it over and over and over
0: again yeah our best people are not our best people because they're just talented and they're not putting the work in right. they're actually working harder than the rest of us yeah they're actually working harder than the rest of us and if you realize that those of us who feel like we're not the best we should actually be doing twice as much work as they are because we need that practice more yeah. um but they're the ones who are working twice as yeah. hard as we are i mean the only other thing i would say about the preparation is just and again we could talk way more about this but i, I do want to say remember in your preparation that it's not about we've said this many times it's not about memorizing a script connection is more important than content. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We want to be clear with our content. We want to have this clear and compelling idea that doesn't ramble, but connecting with people is more important than making sure I said all my words, right? And so in your preparation, picture your friends in the congregation. Mm -hmm. Who am I saying this to? Who's somebody who needs to hear this? And
1: picture the people who aren't your friends who are walking in different than you. Strangers. yeah. Yeah.
0: People who maybe don't agree with you. And, and, and fuel inside yourself an empathy and a, a, a compassion for people that will help you actually connect with them, which is again always more important than the yeah, the content of what we say.
1: Yeah, that's great. As we wrap up this conversation is there anything that you can say that maybe ties a nice big red bow
0: yeah. on the whole of it? I mean at the end of the day we're talking about a lot of the technical skills of musical preparation and public speaking and, and you know and and all of this kind of stuff i I would say that at the end of the day we're what we want to remember is that we're not doing this so that we put on a perfect show the goal is not presentation the goal as you said right at the beginning is presence is being able to be present to our community as we lead them. So not presentation, but presence. And I think one of the most important preparation strategies is another P word prayer. Um, I think we, we, You're such a pastor. I am. Uh, we, uh, we have got to be bathing what we're doing in prayer. And it's the, it's that deep connection to God in our planning, in our preparation, in our rehearsing, in our spiritual preparation. Our connection to God is the thing that's going to allow us to feel connected to God in the moment, which is what's going to allow us, whether we need to be agile and change or just simply implement what we've prepared, but not just in a stale and wooden or even relying on my talent and intellect kind of a way, but actually partnering together with God to accomplish more than what we can just in and of ourselves and i think probably the the perfect example for us to have in mind as we think about this would be jesus himself who on the night before his biggest ministry day of his entire life going to the cross called together his closest friends went to the garden of gethsemane and devoted hours to prayer that that was that was jesus's preparation for the cross was going and spending time with his father in prayer working through God, I don't want to do this. Okay, not not my will, but your will be done. And I think if we can follow the example of Jesus in the preparation of prayer, we will be able to feel way more confident, like you said, uh, that God is with us, that God is in this, that we have a sense for where God is leading this. And then we can go and be present to our people and be the presence of God to these people who are joining us on Sunday mornings uh, in a way that we wouldn't be able to do if we were just throwing the music together at the last minute.
1: I don't know if you find it a little bit ironic that over the next three weeks, when we scaled back our gatherings a little bit, that we released a podcast... On preparation. Because at first glance, I know it probably seems a little bit irrelevant in this season. But if we go back to the beginning of the podcast and think about Malcolm Gladwell's paradigm of 10,000 hours, Tom talked about the difference between micro preparation and macro preparation. Micro is what I'm doing today to become ready for tomorrow or what I'm doing this week to be ready for next week. But if we just take a minute to step back and think about The macro preparation. The way Tom worded it is kind of sticking with me. He said, Macro preparation is about what I'm doing and who I'm becoming. And so, my question for you is when you think about how, if you think about the next few weeks and how you plan to spend your time, the question I want you to think about is who are you becoming? We also talked about the difference between musical preparation and spiritual preparation. I wonder if you've noticed the difference between one of those two areas and which of them feels like you could use some work preparing. Whatever it is for you, I just want to encourage you to try and pick one thing, just one thing to work on, so that you're already pointing in the right direction when we come back. I hope that something that has been said today has been encouraging for you. I hope something has stuck out as challenging, Um, and most of all, I hope that each and every one of you continue to grow as we figure out how to become better worship leaders together. Thanks for listening.